Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Second hour of the program, it's Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Patrick Maher today. And look who shows up. We got him for the next 30 minutes. Mike Palm, you see him all over the place, host of Live Bet Saturday. On Lombardi lines on Fridays. Yes, there we go. See, I memorized it all. What's up, man? Fridays, yes. Welcome to Bar Canada. Welcome. I know you guys have, have come here as civilians many times in the past to enjoy watching and betting the games. And welcome for this being your home and for filling in for, uh, for PM this week. There. Yeah, yeah. it's great to have JBT on yeah. with us. But I'll tell you what, the name is kind of inappropriate. Bar Canada, it's hot as hell here. <laughs> so, but we're going to work on it. Maybe these lights can be adjusted. Maybe there, there's not as much heat here. Maybe we can get another air handler over in this section. Saturday afternoon with Ben Wilson was pretty pretty toasty up here. I think I lost about eight and a half pounds. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I've got to tell you. Uh, Playing goalie, huh? I've been here as a civilian. You're right. But I had never. I'm going to give him a pop for a third straight day. I had never had a Labatt Blue before I did the shows here. Yeah. Oh, bro, that is a good beer. It's a terrific beer. Uh, there's a wide variety of beers here as well. Mitch likes this Italian beer that they have up here when he comes. I, I, the name of it offhand. I, Not I, Stella, is it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. it's, it's some Italian beer. This Cronenberg uh, I've been introduced to up here. Have you ever had it? Cronenberg, very good as well. So there's a good variety of beers up here. And it's actually, if you want to hear the games, and Amal can attest to this, if you want to hear the games, it's the best place at our property to be. You know, the sports book is very, very loud. and there's. But if you want to hear the play-by-play, the, you know, the main game, a lot of people choose here, like for March Madness, mm-hmm. over the ballroom just because they can hear the sound more clear. Test that out tomorrow. Uh, can't wait. Looking forward to that. We're going to watch the KC game here. I'll tell you what, I just remembered. Uh, when the three of us last time we got together here at the D at the ballroom, we were watching March Madness. It was John Morant and Murray State taking on Florida, Florida State. State. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and I remember, yeah, I remember. And I remember these five dolts came yeah. in and bet, Florida, uh, bet Murray State. And I said to Mike, I should go put another money. I should go put more money on Florida State. I already unloaded the clip on the, unloaded the clip on them. Wow. I was like, I remember those, those guys, they were down 25 about 10 minutes into the game. Unlocked the memory. I was on Murray State in that one, too. It was one of those where you hear somebody cheering, so you kind of get more aggressive <laughs> with your cheering because you're like, come on, let's go. I told Mike, I said, don't worry about it. I said, this guy, I said, I like JBT, but he's on the dead wrong side here. <laughs> Who knew Ja was packing back then? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty high probability. Uh, all right. So 
let's talk about the uh, contest first. How, how's it shaping up? I know that the overlay for, was it, uh, Survivor has been getting closer and closer. Yeah, uh, so these are the numbers as of 1 o'clock just a few minutes ago, Pacific time. Um, Survivor up to 74.52. I mean, there's an outside yeah. shot. We hit the 8,000 tomorrow yeah. on Thursday. I don't think we can get there in the millions. I mean, we were 1,400 short last year, the 6 million. We came back with the same guarantee. We're at 42.68. I think we'd be lucky to get to 5,500. Here's the breakdown today. There's been 322 between all our Nevada properties today, 229 survivors, 93 in the millions of all. There's one right there? Well, I'm yes, going to cut into your number here shortly. Uh, I think you're going to get millions. There. You're going to do some millions or some survivors. Going to do both. What's your what's your break? Then you did the full house, 15, 10, and five of them all. No, here's the funny thing on Survivor. I don't really understand why people do a ton of entries like beyond a couple to a few, because after a while you start to have carnage. Remember one thing: you've got to make 20 picks in Survivor throughout the entirety of the season. So you are actually utilizing 63% of the teams. You don't want to be in a situation where okay, if you use Team A here, and then all of a sudden another time, you're almost guaranteeing that certain entries are going to be going by the wayside. Somebody asked me that question. They said, isn't five or six really the optimal number of plays and not ten? Yes, absolutely. The survivor? They're correct. Um, I, I can see arguments both ways. You know, I did my panel, the preview panel up here a couple Saturdays ago with uh, Wes Reynolds, um, Mike Somich, Dr. Eric Eager, and then Dylan Sullivan, who's our chief NFL market maker here at Circus Sports. And the audience provided a lot of the questions. There were a lot of survivor-based questions, and they asked them to rank the importance of criteria when they make a survivor selection. And they threw in home team, and they threw in divisional as part of it. The panel, to a man, said it's more important to choose non-divisional games than to choose home teams. I know you try to do both of them all. Stay away from road teams and stay away from divisional games. Yeah, absolutely. Division opponents have a lot more familiarity. On the road, we see teams, you look at every sport, Look at baseball, perfect example, JVT. You see the pricing of a team at home compared to on the road, right. completely different. And I think the value is still there, even though the home field advantages, JVT, you alluded to earlier in the show, you thought about a 1.8 points uh, in terms of home field advantage. To me, it still has some value there in terms of it, but got another strategy that I employ, and it's, it's an important one for me in terms of how I do it. Not gonna share it, but uh, the reality of it is, no, I, listen, what are we here's doing the thing. Here? Oh, we got $8 million at stake. If you want to give me $8 million, I'm willing to share everything with you. Um, if oh, I thought that's I, what your salary was. I, I assume that you'd be fine. Dude, you'd be lucky if I get eight <laughs> shekels. <laughs> I mean, uh, the bottom line is, look, the key, people are talking, like, let's use week one, for example, guys. Mm -hmm. I know I'm putting you on the spot, JBT. I don't know how much you've thought about it. But if you look at week one, Mike, who would you pick and who would you pick? Here's the problem. I, I said this six weeks ago that I thought the commanders would be number one a chic pick but I, yep. I now they're going to be like more than 50 percent of the entries oh. I think and it's at a point where I don't know if you want to be at least you don't want all your entries to right. be the to be the the consensus pick right I just see when are you also you're going to use them and this should be the Daniel Snyder lift game that crowd should be finally a partisan crowd this is a team they should pummel we've seen what's going on in Arizona mm -hmm. right um, I don't think people will use Baltimore because I think you want to save Baltimore. Maybe some people will go in the Vikings. Maybe they're going to split their entries between commanders and Vikings. I think that's the most probable 
a ratio that you'll get. My, my thought was at the top of the list was Minnesota and then Baltimore. Those were the top two. For you me. wouldn't consider doing the Commanders. No, I, I, I'm not big on Howell. I think there is a very, there's a much larger probability than people expect that Howell goes out there, lays an egg, and you're talking about like a one possession game that you've got to sweat out for the Commanders. I, I agree with his assertion on Washington. However, with that being said, I will take Washington in Week One. Will you throw all of your picks behind one team in Week One? Absolutely. I, I'm not worried about that. You, Are you going to try to get through four or five weeks? Four with, or five weeks. Call me in Week Twelve. Are you going to try to get to Thanksgiving? But you're going to split your picks at some point before Thanksgiving, I would. Probably I would not. No, no, you don't think no, so? No, I, listen, I don't understand this notion that you're going to split them up. What is the point of trying to have just, oh, great, I got one entry to week 12? I want to try and have as many as I can. So that way when you wind up in those weeks like the Chargers versus the Dolphins, which I think is a complete coin toss game, you could go either way. You know, the argument as well is so many people are on the commanders that they lose. But here's the problem. You don't win the contest if the commanders lose. You just eliminate a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem is I think people look at too much that they're playing against other people. You are not. You are facing yourself in the schedule. That's more important than what other people are doing. That makes sense. I would also say one of the teams that I would strongly consider before the injury to Kelsey was Kansas City. I, I'm not really big on the Detroit Lions. I think there's a lot more volatility there because the total and there's a chance without Jones. That's something there. But the Chiefs were... Not near the top, but they were one of the ones under consideration. I like that pick. I don't think a lot of people are going to take the Chiefs. Right. Uh, but I agree. You know, there's the angle you can re-enter if you blow the, right. the pick, right? Well, and I would, I would assume, by the way, going back to the numbers, yeah. you're probably going to get up to 8,000 on the people who buy back in after yeah. Thursday night, right? That's no, we only had 36 last year that did that. Okay. That, you know, that made a pick. That made, I think there was like 90 and 36 of them had the Rams and then bought yeah. back in, right? It's actually not a bad call <laughs> by you. Here's what you really should do. Uh, do we have the money line price up on Detroit here in this game? Give it to you in a sec. Yeah, and what you do is, and you could lose in, in case of a tie, but what are the odds of a tie occurring? You take you your, to put that prop up, will there be a tie at the end of Survivor? Plus, plus the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah, plus, okay, plus 180, <laughs> plus 190, depending on where you get the number. You bet $525 on the other side, you cover the entry cost if the Lions win the game. Right? Then you can no. come back and re-enter. It's actually a free play in essence, but the only thing is now you don't have the Kansas City Chiefs available, which is a team you're probably going to want to have as the season progresses. Makes sense. Look at you. You're smart. i tell you one thing. I don't – listen, we have great and intelligent people at our network, but when it comes to hedging, I will put all my ducks on Mike Palm and I. Nobody, nobody hedges more than Mike and I. Monetizing. Monetizing. No, I, try, hey, I try to say – hedge is a dirty word in this sure. business. Oh, God. It, they, they, it, it does so. I mean, we've hey, been attacked. I can tell you this. The guy who owns the Mets – his guy got busted for insider trading for hedging on a, on a, on a stock where they were not going to get FDA approval on a drug, and that's why the guy ended up doing seven years. I was on with Mitch and Paul a couple weeks ago, and Brad, or I was filling in for Mitch, and Brad Powers was the guest uh, a couple Thursdays ago. We were talking about Hawaii, sure. Stanford, and he had, he had gotten Hawaii plus 10 or 10 and whatever the number was. Yep. And at the time, it was three and a half. And he says, you know, if this number gets to three, Stanford's the correct play. So the question was, well, if it gets to three, what portion of the bet that you made on Hawaii at 10 are you going to make on Stanford? He said, I don't think I'm going to make any because I'm, I'm so happy with the seven, seven points of closing line value. But if that's the proper bet to make, I'll take that middle surrounding three key numbers all the time. That's just my philosophy, right? Well, no, hold on a second. It contradicts what everybody says on this network. Everyone goes closing line value. Well, if there's so much closing line value at seven, then why would you not? Go, let's say for simple math, you put $110 on Hawaii, and then you put 110 on Stanford. So in essence, you're betting $10 to win 200 mm -hmm. That would be the prudent play every day of the week and twice on Sundays. 20 to 1 on 3 through 10. On 3 through 10, <laughs> if you're telling me that the odds makers are so perfect at what they do. Yeah. 
No, that makes sense. I mean, I think the closing line value discussion is over the large sample. We know how that sure, goes. Sure. But when it comes to that unique scenario, it would make a lot more sense. And it to actually got to two and a half. Right. That's well, that's amazing. the other part. <laughs> I mean, once you get to two and a half, I, I think if you're in somebody like Brad's position, there's no way you pass up not laying two and a half. But and by the way, I, I really respect I mean, sure. yeah. I might respect no, no, him more than anybody on college oh, he's football. Tremendous. Yeah. He's absolutely <laughs> tremendous. But Johnny Abello and I have talked about this. There's a fear factor with people in terms of a line move, particularly in college football, that is completely unnecessary. You know, we recently are talking about before we came on the air right now, we're talking about the Florida State LSU game, the game getting to three. And so my question to everybody always is, are you betting this game with the idea that Florida State's going to lose by one or two and you're hoping for the push on three? Right. I mean, like, if you're that concerned about this matchup, then don't bet the game. The general thought would be if you're betting an underdog, you expect them to win at a higher probability. Yeah, than you, you would have looked at the money line. I mean, you were convinced Florida State was going to win the game. You I didn't worry it, about I, the point spread. I, Dustin, I said to Dustin, I yeah. said the wrong team is favorite. I said Florida State's going 12-0. and 0. They all looked at me like I was crazy. I said the Seminoles have got – they had 94% production back. Our prop bets. I said Florida State on their alternate win total. I, they're going to win the ACC. They're the best team in that conference. I've said it all summer long. When you look at returning production in college football, they were number one at 94%. I'm also going to stay here. Calm down. Take a break. All right. Just get fired up with college right. football. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll hit the week one schedule as well, of course, because you do have an injury that has made the market go a little haywire. Mike's going to stick around as well. Sharp Money here on v -Sin. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports apps loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank slash vsin. That's d.bank slash vsin. Speaking of G's, we've got one right here. Mike Palm is at the set. Uh, Amal Shah alongside as well. So we were talking about some football. Football's here. Um, Travis Kelsey, injury. Market kind of freaks out, gets to his low score. I don't think you guys got the four. You guys got the four and a half. Four and a half. Um, I think, look, I, I, I bet four and a half. There's indications that he might play. He's listed as questionable officially here. I'm also very anti-Lion. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but where do you expect us to go with this questionable tag? And how low does it get if he plays? And where do we go back to? Or if he doesn't play, where do we go back to if he does play? Well, I don't understand how a position player yep. can be worth more than a point. It just doesn't make sense to me. Marcus I, says he's worth two and a half points. Bull. That's bull to me. And The only guy that I would argue outside of a quarterback would be Justin Tucker. And he's a one-off. Yeah. I think Justin Tucker's worth more than one point to a line. Let's say it's, you know, Bengals at Ravens, and it's a tightly lined game, and he's announced out on Sunday morning. That's I a good think, point. I think that moves more than a point. I don't think Kelsey should move it more than a point. Um, I, I'm going to admit that I had the same bias as you. I like the Chiefs going into this game. I, I, I like him without Kelsey at four and a half or five. Um, and does it get back to six? I don't know if it gets back to six, because before the injury news, we were still heavy to Lions money. Right. And we're a little bit biased, but they're not here yet in town, right? They're coming to town uh, today and tomorrow. Um, you know, if it's announced he's fully out, maybe it's maybe it can get. I don't think it goes to four. I think four and a half is the lowest you're going to find out at game time. Two separate questions: Which game are you most looking forward to seeing on Sunday from a competitive standpoint, and which one would you look at as a potential best bet? Uh, I think. I'm most looking forward to Bengals-Browns. Oh, really? I wasn't because, expecting you to say that. Well, because I think that division has the best storyline because you could make an argument that all four of these teams are playoff teams. It can't be possible. Mm -hmm. You could argue that four teams in the East. There's going to be disappointed teams in the East and in the North, right? I mean, you, there has to be because there can only be seven. I'm not big on the Chargers. Uh, I know a lot of people think they're a playoff team. I don't think so. I, I think the South and the West only get one bid. But that means you you get three wild cards, and you're talking about getting five or six out of those divisions. There are going to be some disappointed teams. If Deshaun Watson has got to really be done with his career, for to me, for the Browns not to make the playoffs. This is a 10-win team, basement level. They have, I think, inarguably, the best combo of offensive and defensive lines in football. You can argue the best running back. They've added uh, more explosiveness at tight end. Their secondary is all one and two picks, first-round picks in the draft. I mean, if Stefanski doesn't win 10 games this year, then three years removed from being coach of the year, he's going to be fired, I believe. I, I bet him to win the division. I, I, I just, I, from again, from like a probability standpoint, I think it's higher that they win it. And I would agree with you. If you get halfway to 2020, 2019 Deshaun Watson, like that team's going to be, I keep using the term flying the ointment, like we could look up and they win that division. Like they have the potential to do it. Well, I, I disagree with your assertion that they have the potential. He's saying it like it's almost like, well, they could if things break right. I think this team is just not getting enough credit. Well, They've I just, got the best offensive line for my money. You mentioned Chubb. Um, you know, I'm not as big of a Deshaun Watson guy as you guys probably are, but I look back at the statistics. This guy has been an elite quarterback. Oh, yeah. I just bring it up because there is a reality in which, for whatever reason, 
that year off for Watson and the time spent off in the suspension as well. Yeah. If he is just terrible, Fair. then right, then if he's just lost it for whatever reason, then that's what happens when you get to the negative end of the spectrum for him. The six games last year are absolutely meaningless to me. Yes. The, the, it doesn't matter. Uh, but the you fact mean coming on as a quarterback in, you know, the Midwest and playing some of those games <laughs> outside, is that a really true representation of how you can play? I mean, you look at this line, uh, Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. I mean, this is a very, very good offensive line. By the way, I don't know, maybe because Nick Chubb is a quiet guy. People don't talk about him because he's in Cleveland. This guy is three yards from having over 1,000 yards in every year of his career in the National Football League. He is tremendous. He's durable. He's got a great yards per carry average. He is just so incredibly effective. The question for me is, can their receivers be consistent? Can Donovan Peoples-Jones and Elijah Moore complement Amari Cooper? I think Amari Cooper has now slid down to a two. At one point, he was a one. But I still think they're good enough when you look at this team. And Joku's got some great athleticism. You mentioned the defensive side of the ball. When you look at now, Denzel Ward has generally only played 12 to 13 games in the season if he can stay healthy people don't realize how good of a cover corner he is then for on the best bet side of your question yeah. Mal, I, I like the Packers um, at Soldier Field John I, Von model loves them I, <laughs> I uh, boy, I think this Bears team is awful yeah. I, I bet the Bears about every way you could in a negative sense yeah I bet under seven and a half plus 120 I bet under six and a half plus 235 I mean I, I know they're gonna play a lot of close games but they have a bad offensive line, a bad defensive line, and a quarterback that you've been talking about since the national championship game is not an accurate quarterback. And I'm not sold on this coach as a genius either. Mm -hmm. Forget the coaching genius. I'm going to tell you, JBT, go back to a play. It was 21-14, Ohio State had the ball inside the goal line. Garrett Wilson embarrassed Patrick Sertan on a move, and he overthrew. He threw the ball from Dade County to Broward County. And, I mean, I was like, right yeah. then and there, I said to Mike, I go, Mike, this guy will never be an accurate pass in the National Football League. You could just see it. I mean, he, did, he only had to throw the ball within five yards of Garrett Wilson, and he completely overthrew him. And I know it's one throw, and it's, you're making a big deal out of nothing. But to me, the one thing Fields has lacked is accuracy. At Ohio State, the problem is you're playing with first-round picks and guys that are five yards open on every play. So you kind of answered my question, so I'll take the three teams. I was going to ask you, of the three teams that are receiving a lot of hype, Chicago's one of them, what don't you get? So I'll take them out of it. Atlanta mm -hmm. and Detroit are there as well. Yep. I can't wrap my head around it. We kind of talked a little bit about Detroit. I, I kind of get there with Atlanta in that I love their skill positions. Their offensive line's good. But when you have a question of the most important position, I just can't get all the way there. I, I said to Michael Lombardi that the biggest head-scratcher of the offseason is they didn't go out and get a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they could have. They're going all in with Ritter. I, I don't know what this kid has proved. They have a team around him to be a playoff team. By the way, I don't hate him in week one because I just think it's so hard for a rookie quarterback mm -hmm. to win their first start. And, and he should be the favorite for offensive player of the year, not a running back. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make sense that a running back in a backfield where other guys are going to get touches is a favorite for offensive rookie of the year. You know Young's going to get to start if, if he doesn't get hurt. They're going to let him play through and, and yep. play 17 games. Uh, so anyhow, on, on that aside, you know the Lions have sort of done it the right way. They've, they've built the line. Um, I like Dan Campbell. I think he will improve as a game manager, but I am just have seen this Lions so many times before. They sort of have to, it's like Missouri, you have to show me with the Lions. Yeah. I, I bet the Packers to win the division just because I think that organization believes in love. They were comfortable enough to not be a big fight. They didn't get a lot for Rodgers. I mean, they think they can. I, I kind of compare it, will, 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 will everybody else get to perform a little better with Rodgers gone? And I look at, uh, from a soccer example, I mean, they're totally different games, but I look at Tottenham right now and Harry Kane. I mean, Harry Kane losing was addition by subtraction so far for them. Everybody else has, 
is playing the best they've ever played. They were also subservient to him while he was there. It's a great point you make, and I think that same thing applies with Aaron Rodgers when you look at the Green Bay Packers. And real quick, number one picks going back to 2002. David Carr was the last, last one to win. win. Yeah, exactly. Straight up 0-13-1. Kyler Murray had a tie in 27-27 uh, and 2019. And 1-13 ATS. JBT lends itself to looking at Atlanta. I agree with you guys. The one thing when I looked at Desmond Ritter, I said, this guy's been the best bounce passer at Cincinnati since <laughs> Nick Van Exel. I mean, he was terrible. I, I didn't understand the affinity for him. I thought Ford was a tremendous tailback. They had other guys that were good pieces there. I just didn't like him. I think that's the one missing piece in Arthur Smith's offense. I love Bijan Robinson. Nobody's a bigger Bijan fan than me, but I think Atlanta's big problem, and JVT, you hit the three teams right on the head. Atlanta, uh, Detroit, Detroit and, Chicago. and Chicago have all gotten the hype this year, and is it really warranted and justified? Just, JVT made a couple of great points. I know it's rare for you to hear that, but the reality of it is... What does that mean? <laughs> I was being facetious because earlier he goes, I always make great points. Um, the thing is, the Bears' offensive line is question marks. Just because you drafted the kid out of Tennessee, that's one piece. Then you look at the team defensively, they were horrific. Detroit was horrific. And I said one other thing, Mike, I want to get your take on this. 1-6 last year. They end up 9-8, and eight, which they played well down the stretch. But you're playing with house money now because you're already in a losing situation. I want to say this about the Bears. You know that in their last... Uh, 10 games, they only scored more than seven points in the second half once. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were just totally destroyed in the second half of all those games and, of course, closed. They weren't competitive at all. Yep. They're so far. The offensive line gave up the most sacks. They had the fourth fewest sacks. I mean, they're so far from, from being decent that I, I don't understand a 5-6 win improvement. How many sacks would they have given up if Fields didn't have yeah. that type of mobility? Right. Well, he invited a ton of pressure himself yeah. anyway, yeah. and the turnover-worthy plays are insane. He puts the ball in danger. And at the end of my argument, it's just this. You know, when you talk about Detroit, when you talk about – when you are the worst at something, you can only advance so far from the bottom, and that's for both of those teams defensively. Like, I just don't know how you make that leap as a team. And specifically, like, when you're talking about winning divisions, we talk about worst to first. When you go from worst to first, generally, you're a team that was around 500, then leaps up to the top of the division. The only team that ever did it was the Cowboys under Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. They went from one win to seven to 11 with the greatest greatest roster of all time so I mean what well, the Rams <laughs> went from I think four and 12 or three and 13 to the Super Bowl next year right the greatest show on turf with, with Kurt Warner but you know the Bears to get to eight wins guys from being the having the first pick in the draft where is this talent come in all of a sudden Mike it's good to talk to you live bet Saturday of course you're gonna be there for four hours so looking forward to that good set here thanks for coming on man thank you fellas all thank right, you, you. take a break come back sharp money these in the sports betting network This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Updated NFL betting guide. You need it throughout the NFL preseason. The VSIN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge inside. You get picks from every on your host team specific preseason analysis and football contest strategies. We talked in depth about that with Mike Palm. If you missed that, by the way, VSIN.com. If you want the best bets and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, previews, pontification, now is the time. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for as low as 19 bucks. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, let's get a little bit more information as to what's going to happen on Thursday night and uh, get some information maybe on what is going to happen with Travis Kelsey. Uh, Jesse Newell is nice, to give us, uh, nice enough to give us some time here today. Kansas City Star Chiefs beat reporter Jesse Newell up on X. Jesse, uh, thank you very much. So uh, Let's start with this, just a, a brief update. We know he's listed as questionable. Any news that you can report or any updates that we might not know about Travis Kelsey's status? No, I mean, I think it's basically been out there with him, which is, uh, obviously swung in the knee. They're going to see how it goes tomorrow. Um, it would make the most sense to sit him out and um, seem like the Chiefs dodged a bullet for him having a long-term injury. 
Uh, but sent them out for the first game to have them ready for Jacksonville week two. But uh, we know how they are. Sometimes uh, guys can be competitors, especially with the season opener. So it seems like the Chiefs are going to test this tomorrow, and we'll have more information then. But as of right now, you, think, you guys have seen the betting lines. I mean, it, it, all indications are right now. It seems like Travis Kelsey is going to be out, and I think that's the way most people are anticipating this thing is going to go. Jesse, when you look at the Chris Jones situation, tell me where you think this contract could potentially land, and if it gets done, when would it potentially get done? Yeah, that's what we're wondering. It was kind of a weird day today. I thought I was going to stay at home for most of the day, and Chris yeah. Jones announced a celebrity event, or I'm sorry, a charity event for him at Ronald McDonald's house here in Kansas City. So drove up here, and he spoke to reporters, and had a story come up about that, and he basically just said, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to get a raise, and uh, I'm not." I don't think other teammates should be mad at me. Um, you know, it doesn't really bother me to be away, but I'm, I'm trying to get more money. And, and if you, you're asking your boss for a raise, it doesn't really affect the rest of them. And we can see how that doesn't really apply because obviously Chris isn't there and he's not going to be playing for this team, uh, at least at this moment. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how this ends. This has gone on longer than a lot of people thought uh, going into this. And he still has the last year of his deal this year. So him playing this year and then getting a ton of money as a free agent with somebody else always seemed like it was in the cards, but to this point, that's not something he's agreed to or, or wanted to be a part of. So uh, the numbers have been reported out there. I think kind of one of the sticking points is the Aaron Donald deal with the Rams, where the Rams agreed to basically rip up his current contract and start from scratch with an extension. It seems like Chris Jones's camp wants that to happen, whereas the Chiefs are coming at it from a, a standpoint of, okay, you're under contract for $19.5 million base this year. Let's figure out the new money from here on out and see where we can land for those next two years. So uh, it seems like a, a difference of opinion in that particular way. If you look at new money, it would be Chris Jones getting about $27.5 million a year for the next two years. If you're looking at ripping up the new contract, it would be more like him getting $31.5 million, which would be a whole lot of money, even more than Aaron Donald for the next two years. So I think that's kind of where the two sides are at. And like I said, Chris Jones didn't seem too concerned today with continuing to hold out. So we'll see if he does and if these two sides can come closer. But right now, there's no indication that that's going to happen. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star. All right, so let's bring this back to the football, what we're going to see tomorrow. Uh, if we're rolling with the assumption that Kelsey does not play, who gets the share of the targets? What does his workload look like for the wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, we can obviously mention Noah Gray, who is the backup tight end. He should get more work, uh, especially with the, as many tight ends the Chiefs like to use. He's still just 24, kind of coming into his own. Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, talked about him having a great camp uh, you know, in the last uh, month when they went to St. Joseph. So look for him. But I would say the one to circle is Sky Moore, guys. Um, I talked to him in the locker room earlier this week, and he anticipates to be have the Juju Smith-Schuster role for this offense, which is the intermediate route. Uh, being able to go over the middle, be a reliable zone target for uh, Patrick Mahomes when he's in there and, and needing kind of a, a safety valve. And they love what he's done this summer. He's had one of the most, one of the best camps of anybody out there. He was with Mahomes uh, during the summer, working out with him, learning more what he wants. And last year, what kept him from playing well was the knowledge of the offense. They tried to make him learn all three wide receiver positions, and it just became too much mentally. He's in a much better headspace now. So if he stays healthy. I've been on the record saying 900-plus yards for Sky Moore this year, but he could be a big beneficiary if, if Travis Kelsey is out. And even if he's not, I think if he does take that Juju role in this offense, we know Juju last year was the number one receiver. If we don't count Kelsey, he had 933 yards. Sky Moore's numbers could look similar to that, and uh, he could have a much bigger year than he had a season ago. Don't worry. Uh, Juju's agents are saying the same thing. He was the number one receiver. But, uh, Jesse, when you look at this team, how would you compare them to the three previous Super Bowl teams? The same, slightly better, slightly worse. 
Well, it's it's sort of tough right now because it's kind of incomplete. I mean, I I would say if everybody was here and everybody was healthy uh, and everybody was reported that they would get, put themselves in the game again. I mean, they were not – you know, this is how it happens, and Andy Reid will be the first to admit this. You put yourself in the game, and then you hope things go well for you. Like the Chiefs were an underdog in the Super Bowl last year, but they had Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes played great, and they made plays down the stretch, and, and things went their way. Um, this team – they played a bunch of rookies last year, especially in the secondary. You would think they would all be a year better. If you added that to Chris Jones uh, and you know Nick Bolton taking a step last year and some of the linebackers they had and some of the free agent signings, you really like them along with Patrick Mahomes and, and what he does. And Travis Kelsey, you know, still battling father time when it comes to uh, when is, is his natural age drop-off going to come. But, you know, I'd compare them favorably to last year if all those pieces were going right now. But that's kind of the question about week one is that Travis Kelsey's probably not in there. Chris Jones is definitely not in there, and he takes so much pressure off of so many other defensive teammates. So at this particular moment, they're probably not there. But, you know, look, you look at the AFC, there's so many other contenders. You look at the Chiefs even last year when I talked about the Eagles were the favorites in the Super Bowl. I think they put themselves in the game. They put themselves in the game, and there's a good reason that they are uh, one of the, if not the Super Bowl favorite this year. It's just a little bit murky right now because you're not exactly sure when Chris Jones is going to show up, and when he does show up, if he's going to be full strength and ready to go out there and perform at his highest level like he did for the Chiefs last year. So if we look at matchups uh, and when we look forward to tomorrow, one of the things that I think the Lions can kind of circle as one of the advantages they'll have, especially with Jones' absence, is that offensive line. Uh, there was news, by the way, that Racknow did not appear at practice yesterday. It seemed, turns out maybe it was rest. But how do you look at this defensive line without Jones matching up with what could be one of the better offensive lines, especially from a run-blocking standpoint? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, they, they honestly, uh, they didn't do much to address it either other than signing Charles Amenahu from the 49ers. And um, by all indications, they, they, they figured he was going to have a suspension at some point in the season, but they didn't figure a six-game suspension, which is what uh, the NFL landed on with the personal conduct policy. So the Chiefs are thin there. And, you know, we talk about in the training camp where nobody's ever a loser and everybody's, you know, doing great. But we would ask frequently, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnuolo, like, who's stepping up on the defensive line without Chris Jones in there? And those guys weren't coming up with many answers. <laughs> so uh, the Chiefs just traded for Neil, Neil Farrell out there in Vegas. Uh, you know, he came along, and I asked Andy Reid earlier this week if he was going to play on Thursday, even though he's only been here a week, and he didn't rule it out. So they've been searching for bodies. They've been searching for production. I think this is a Steve Spagnuolo game, guys. I mean, I think he's going to have to get creative. I think they might put Leo Chanel, uh, their third-round linebacker, a run stopper in there a bunch. Uh, he's kind of been developing over training camp. They could go 3-3-5. Look out for Chamari Connor, who's a super athletic freak um, when it comes to playing cornerback and safety, but they've been blitzing him off the edge a bunch. They love to blitz LeJarrius Sneed uh, off the side, too. This is a manufactured pressure game for the Chiefs. I think what they're going to be looking to do is try to, to clog up the running lanes, get to third and long, and then let Steve Spagnuolo do his magic. And that's not the way they prefer it. They would love for Chris Jones to be here and just win his matchup, but Outside of that, I think you rely on your coaches and hope that your guys come together as a team to play well defensively. And if that's the case, then they're going to rely on their defensive coordinator tomorrow. And I think the Chiefs are going to have to get pretty exotic to get some pressure on the Lions. Jesse, I'm going to put you on the spot. Chiefs season win total is 11.5 or uh, to win the division minus 165. Which one do you think is a little bit better bet? <sighs> yeah, that's a tough one, uh, especially with recent days. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would probably still go with the division winner. And it's just, I know last year the Chargers, for myself included, were getting a lot of love. It just, it doesn't seem as likely just because of the way the Chiefs have dominated this division and the dominated division foes. 
Um, the 11 and a half is a little bit trickier just because of the Kelsey thing unknown, the Chris Jones thing unknown. I know that doesn't affect Vegas lines, Chris Jones in particular, as much as maybe some fans out there would think. Maybe it's a half point in the line, maybe uh, on a game-to-game basis. But there's just a lot of unknowns for the Chiefs right now to, to make me feel too confident. I will say, though, if you look at Andy Reid's record over time on over-unders, especially with the Chiefs, I think he's gone over nine of the last ten years. Uh, so, I mean, his record is really good with that. It's just this is a point in the Chiefs' season where things are a little bit more uncertain than they have been uh, typically when you enter week one. So probably go with the division. seems to me like the Chargers are the – the biggest challenger to that, and the other two are, are probably not unless Sean Payton completely pulls something out. But I would expect the Chiefs to win this division, even if things don't go as well for them in the regular season as they hope. Jesse, we have about 10 seconds. The Rock Chalkers are winning the national title this year, right? <laughs> Hunter Dickinson's good. We will see. We'll see how it turns out. Jesse Newell, Kansas City star. Thanks for uh, joining us, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I want to follow up on a conversation. RDW checked in on Twitter because we are talking about Survivor and that like Kansas City was before everything one of my considerations. Yeah. Had a great point. Problem with using Kansas City week one in Survivor right now is that they're only the – right now, really the only clear play Christmas week. Yeah. You're going to want to save them. That's why I'm saying I think it's tough to take them. I, I hadn't looked at that one right now off the top yeah. of my head. But he's absolutely right. That's why I don't think a ton of people will be on them. And is it really worth the risk in one week to have a re-entry on the sure. Chiefs in that spot. I don't think it's worth burning. That's why I like talking to smart guys like you, man. And RDW, thanks for checking in. Although, Dustin doesn't like tweets, so don't send them because he does not appreciate them. No, we're up against it. Sorry, you can't respond. We'll come back here at Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Best Thursday of the year is coming up, folks. All about the National Football League's opening night, and football is back. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait to kick off to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code SHARP. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. It's code SHARP only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. We are back here live at the D Las Vegas, JVT, Amal Shaw, and Dustin Sweetelson after about a 45-minute break is back. Where'd you go for lunch? I finally caught my breath. <laughs> it was a long walk this morning. <laughs> I, figured you, I figured you went somewhere for lunch. I will say the other yesterday, you made a beeline for the bathroom, and you got in tight. And I was like, oh, boy. Because I've been there before when they're doing, like, local yeah. stuff. At, over at Thomas and Mac, you got to walk up the steps to get up there. And so when you get to the set when you're cutting it close in the first segment, you're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know the radio trick. Like, hey, can we stack the commercial with breaks? Sure. Can we play Stairway to Heaven? Yep. Like, you never know what we got going on in the oh, bathroom. I got one of the best radio quitting stories of all time. There was a guy that worked at this small station in Texas, and he didn't get along with the program director. And he plays you his You were probably song. friends with him, right? It was a mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, mine would be way more epic. Uh, he goes to, he goes to the program director up, and it's like in the middle of the night, and he goes, this song is four minutes and eight seconds. You have that much time before you have dead air. Bye. Oh, man, he could have hooked him up with, like, Inagata DeVita. Yeah. Yeah. He's lucky, he's lucky he didn't play Jim Croce. It wasn't two minutes. I was going to say, yeah, I would hook up with, like, the 90 seconds thing yeah, and exactly. just be like, all right, guys, I'm out. Let's see you later. All right, so what do we got? What are we calling this? I'm sorry. Uh, it's a three-point stance. Go over go. the top three news stories in the National Football League. So we'll begin first. Some news you touched on earlier. We didn't have time to dissect it. Nick Bosa gets a five-year, $170 million extension from the 49ers today, 122 and a half guaranteed. He is now the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. How shocked are you that this deal got done? Not at all. Yeah, I no. mean, you know what I like is Lynch being the GM there, JBT. He understands a player of this caliber doesn't need to be in camp. Let's just I, – I think the holdout and, like, the agent and the organization are working in conjunction like – Look, we just want you to continue to work out. They know he does. Be ready in week one. That's it. Yep. Uh, yeah, I will say, I am wondering, you say get ready for week one. Does that mean there's a snap count thing? Like, how prepared are you? You know, part of the thing when you talk to guys is training camp is getting used to getting battered and bruised and whatnot. Yeah. So you do wonder maybe there's something there. But I would assume cardio-wise and physicality-wise, he's ready to go. Yeah, the Boses seem like they're always game ready. I feel like you could yeah, call yeah, exactly. you could call them in April and they're <laughs> like, yeah, I'm ready to go, just give me a week. Yeah, exactly. Like they're, they're a different kind of specimen. So, yeah, no, no shock there. And I think Amal's right. I think it benefits all parties. Yeah. Hold out. Don't get hurt. Let's get the deal done. Show up week one and play. That's why the Chris Jones thing, it's like, all right, we, we got to make some moves here because games are actually happening. Uh, next one, this came down a few minutes ago. Cooper Cup, out. For, versus Seattle for the Rams. Sean McVay speaking to reporters today did not rule out putting Cup on the injured reserve list. That would then leave him out of the first four games of the season for Los Angeles. This has been my problem with L.A. I, my thought, I think we've talked about this, my thought for the Rams was early season play on team because as long as they're healthy, right. they're going to be better than the market thinks they are. But you're very top-heavy and then when you start to lose your big three, which is Donald Cup and Stafford, then you start to get dangerous territory, and now we're already in dangerous territory. So I, what I'm curious about, where does this number go? We're at five and a half now. It's kind of a dead number. No Cooper Cup. You wonder if the market starts to get a little randy and push this thing back up. Because I will say this, much like we do with all these games, Maul, you get to a certain point where you're telling me like six and a half-ish or something like that. 
I'd be tempted to still come in on the Los Angeles Rams, even without Cooper Cup. I, I just can't back this team right now, but I don't think it's a bad play. I don't think Seattle's a team that should be laying nearly a touchdown to anyone, even though there, a lot of people have high expectations for them this year. You know, to me, what's going to be interesting this year to pay attention to is the situation with Aaron Donald, because he's got a potential out after 2024. And does he look to potentially exercise that or does he even choose to retire? Because I think the losing is going to get frustrating for him. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, you, you just said something about your like betting, like looking at the numbers, seeing yeah. that it's five. Do you find in the NFL, because this is how I, what I find when I look at a lot of the, these spreads, is I'll go, yeah, I feel like that is a good number to bet, but I don't love it enough to actually place the bet. In the, in the NFL, I find that happens more than any other sport. Where I look at the line, I go, yes, to me, the Rams at plus five, I don't think it's a bad bet, but I just can't pull the trigger on it. You know, I was just thinking when you said that, guys, I would say yes, but the NBA is not that far behind. Oh, the, no, the, 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 he'll probably <laughs> disagree. But I'll look at NBA spreads and totals. They might as well be hieroglyphics. They make no sense to me. Well, I mean, with that really quickly, and you've kind of alluded to this to college football. And in football. the NBA betting guide that comes out. Right, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, no, but you alluded to this to college football. In the NBA, I, like, I'd be willing to like, be behind a point or two because yeah. of the volatility. So like, it's not as hyper-focused on the number. No, for me, it's not about the volatility. Yeah. It's the fear, right? Sure. Like, I'm like, I want to take this team. I'm more Bro. of a situational guy in the NBA. Teams on a three-game losing yeah. streak. They've got a good opportunity against a team on a back-to-back -back or something like that. We're here in the NFL with the numbers. You're absolutely right. I think the NFL, if you looked and asked the average person, they probably look at 10 games when they start out on a Sunday or getting ready for the Sunday, and then they pare it down to about – three, four games, and they were like ah, kind of on a coin toss on one of those games, don't like the number, and then all of a sudden that team like the Seahawks wins by 17. They're like, oh, I should have taken it, or the Rams went out right or something like that. Well, as, as Jimmy Picard would always say, right, you know, when you're in line, the sharp betters will get out of line when it moves by a half point. The rest will just stay. It doesn't yeah. really matter that yeah. much. Can I also point out, too, about this, without Cooper Cup, one thing that goes against me here is now all of a sudden your wide receiver room does take kind of a little bit of a step back, and those are pretty. It's a pretty two good Atwell second. now the number one. Right, and so when you're looking at those corners for the Seattle Seahawks, which are pretty solid, yeah. Now all of a sudden you're looking around and going, all right, now who's getting open here? And that's part of the question. Yeah, it's it's difficult with the Rams, like you said. You can't back them when they lose any of their guys because their salary is t their salary cap is tied up over the course of like four guys. Yep. Van Jefferson, 2-2 Atwell, Demarcus Robinson on the depth chart, Puka Nakua out of BYU, who I liked a lot for the Cougars, but college and NFL are two yeah, yeah. different sports. If that, if that was like the third team All-American team <laughs> yeah. in college, yeah, exactly. sure, it's solid. Right, exactly. All right, next story here, speaking of receivers, uh, Terry McLaurin, he and Chase Young for Washington practiced in full pads today, but they were listed as limited. McLaurin said he's not feeling any limitations with his injured toe, and his plan is to play on Sunday. That is a big popular pick among people looking at survivor entries. You've got the Commanders laying seven at home against the Cardinals. I, I want to go first on this one because I, I tend to agree with what JBT said about Sam Howell, which is he doesn't think he's necessarily that good, and I think the uh, Commanders could wind up in a tighter game that most people bargain for in this one. I think at the end of the day, though, their defense guys ends up winning this game. I can tell you right now for me, JBT, I would take the plus seven with Arizona before I lay it with Washington. Yes. No, I, I would completely agree. And I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And it's weird because we take, I like how, like, the collective, we take small sample sizes and in different fashions. So, for example, there's a lot of people you'll talk to and will go, 
oh, Jordan Love last year, he got in at the end of that Eagles game, and the sample size wasn't big enough. I don't buy it. But that game against the Cowboys, Sam Howell showed me something. And I'm like, I, I, I don't understand what he showed you. He invites pressure, doesn't get rid of the football on time. I think there's something there with turnover where he plays as well. We'll see if that's going to be the case. So I could just foresee a scenario. If I've got a survivor entry and I need a last-minute drive from Sam Howell to win that game against the Cardinals, I could just see that coming into reality. Week one is insane. Yeah, why this, why, this why is, is he raining on my week one pick? <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I mean, I'm, I scared, you, I'm scared yeah. now that scenario is going to exactly play out, and I already know right, I'm going to lose I'll flip the scenario. Josh Dobbs is going to be in position to drive them down and win the game, and he's not going to do it. Yeah, but I'd rather have Josh Dobbs <laughs> than Sam <laughs> yeah, Howell. Yeah. So, but you bring up an interesting point. Doesn't it feel like a game where it's just going to be field goals? There's not going to be a lot of strong finished drives, especially once you get to the red zone. Look, Gannon is a weirdo, as we've seen from oh the God. Amazon clips Did that have come out. you have a fire out? in your belly when you were driving when, over When here? you're on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> we're looking for guys who have fire in their belly. What a weirdo. But maybe he can coach defense. At the very least, you know that side of the ball should be somewhat prepared. On the other side, Washington's defense should be awesome. Both quarterbacks are going to be inept. Just feels like a game where there's going to be a lot of field goals. This has got like a scoregami, like 11 to 3 written all over <laughs> yeah, it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Or something They're, like that. 11 so to 4. Wait, hold on a second. 38 and a half is the total here. Under? I mean, it's moved a lot already, but it's, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to bet it over. Tell you that. Like, yeah. I don't want to be sitting there on Sunday. Again, this is we like logic and data and numbers. I don't want to be sitting there on Sunday with an over ticket and needing these two offenses to get me there. No, 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 <laughs> you no, know no, what I'm no, saying? no, like, no, I just, no, no. I don't. I tell you what, here's a real problem in Arizona. If Josh Dobbs gets hurt or is ineffective, you're going to Clayton Tune. And they are hyping Clayton Tune up in Arizona. The quotes about him thinking that he's a guy. But and Here's the thing. This is why, again, they have Kyler Murray, so we'll see if this happens. But you can still get the first overall pick. You flip it for assets. It's what the Texans did. It is yes. we are going to roll Davis out, Mills out there for 17 games. And if he hits, hey, maybe we have something. If he doesn't, we might get the first overall I pick. I don't disagree with that move. No, I would, but I'd be actually scared that maybe Clayton Toon looks good enough. No, he won't no, look good. He no. won't look good enough to not draft Caleb Williams because inevitably that's what's going to oh, happen. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, that's another question we can spend a whole segment on. Is it actually Caleb Williams, or are you just flipping it like the Chicago Bears did because you still have Kyler Murray, and that's going to be hard to flip with the contract? Uh, that would be a mistake. Well, that's the thing I always argue, but here's the problem. with JBT's point is an excellent one, which is you can't get rid of this deal. Your salary cap is going to be eaten for the next three the, to four the years. The only way you can do it, and I don't know how it would work, but remember the Brock Osweiler deal. He was dealt with a first-round pick. You have an extra first-round pick in Arizona. You take that extra first you got from Houston. You deal it with Murray and his contract, and that helps get him off the book somewhat. They get Houston's pick. They get one, two. I'm going Caleb Williams, and I'm going Marvin Harrison Let's Jr. Let's stick on the Pacific Coast, and Nick Eliotti is going to join us next. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. 
It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.